0: Hey there, I'm Chalene Johnson, host of the business podcast, Build Your Tribe. Haven't heard of it? Well, you should check it out. It's in the business category. And the host of this one, The Chalene Show. It's my Craffle coaching podcast. What the heck is a Craffle? Well, a craffle is a crazy, ridiculous, amazing, fun-filled life. And I want you to have one. And that's what The Chalene Show is all about. In this episode, we'll talk about how do I identify those individuals in your life who seem to induce major stress? These people are formerly known as toxic people. And today, you'll learn how to own your part, identify the culprits, and then what actions you must take to, well, to take care of yourself. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shalene has helped thousands with her books, seminars, and online academies. She's the author of the New York Times best-selling book, Push, and a mother of two. Yo, what's up? So let's recap the situation. So in part one of this series, we examined the idea or the concept of the term toxic people. And it's a really common term. It's funny. If you just start to type in the word toxic in the Google search box, you'll immediately, it's like toxic parents, toxic friends, toxic relationships, toxic husband, toxic wife. It's kind of crazy how common this phrase has become. And I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that episode, especially if you kind of like that term. But just to recap, in that episode, part one, we discussed how the act of labeling somebody as toxic, while it might make us feel better in the moment, And it might be this really nice, neat, convenient way for us to kind of dismiss certain people. And yeah, it might make us feel like we're better than them. And it might make us feel like it's their issue and not ours. But the truth is to label somebody as toxic, well, it's convenient, but it's not accurate. And it actually diminishes our power, right? Because to label somebody as toxic is to say that they have the power to poison us And the truth is, we would have to give somebody permission to to poison us, right? I mean, we once we're adults anyways, I mean, I certainly believe there are children right now who are in a toxic environment and they don't have much choice. But once we're adults, we have choice. We have choice on how much power we give people. And we have choice on how we interact with them and, and how we create boundaries within that relationship. So I think to call somebody toxic is to give them way too much power, and it makes it too easy for us to dismiss our own part. So again, to recap, what we figured out in episode one, and I want you to go back and listen to that one, is that typically somebody who's toxic to me might not be toxic to you. And sometimes people are toxic to us because of what we're going through or because it triggers a feeling or an emotion or a negative side of us that we don't like the way that feels. And so oftentimes what is a great quality in somebody else's life can become toxic in our lives. And that is really more about us than it is perhaps them. And the more we recognize and realize why these certain individuals induce this feeling in us, which isn't always negative. So there are stress inducing people in our lives who sometimes they bring out um, this feeling of joy, right? Like when we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing, they tempt us to maybe fall off the wagon if you're a recovering alcoholic, or they are the people who they bring out those qualities in us that make us feel good, but it's not good for us. In other words, those people who we tend to take care of and we can focus on all of their problems so that we don't have to address our own. So there's all different types of stress-inducing people and I could spend the next, well, 30 minutes explaining that to you, but now why would I do that when you could go back and listen to that previous episode, yo. Okay, so what do we do with these people and how should we refer to them if we're not going to Resort to calling them toxic people, right? So let's just agree that calling somebody toxic is kind of childish. And I can say that because I've used that term before too, and I'm going to try to stop it. It's just not nice. And it dismisses my own part. So what we're going to call these people, at least for my purposes of this episode, we're going to call these individuals stress-inducing people, SIPs, SIPs. You can go online and take any number of quizzes to be able to identify somebody as a toxic person, but let me make this really simple for you. These are individuals who, for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, and sometimes of no fault of their own, sometimes it's just our own thing, they induce stress in us. It can be because they're critical of us, they speak badly of us, or maybe it's because we feel so responsible for them. Maybe these are people that make us feel very stressed out because we feel like they can't live without us, that we have to take care of them, that we have to be there at their beck and call. Maybe these are people who cause stress in us because they make us feel like we're crazy, like we shouldn't be doing what we're doing, that we can't do anything right, or or maybe they just make us feel bad about ourselves or they just make us nervous. Research on toxic friendships, or what we like to call stress-inducing people, at the Psychological Stress Research Program at Florida State University, found that when people have a stress-inducing friend, one of the reasons why we continue this friendship or the relationship is because we feel obligated. It's our own issue, right? Even once we've identified this person as not being healthy for us, we still feel obligated because we feel that there's been a history. We feel as though it's gone on so long we can't turn away. When in actuality, the only way to help this relationship and to help both of you is to actually identify the relationship as perhaps being unhealthy, or at least in certain dosages, it's unhealthy. So just like drinking water, we all need water to sustain life. But if we drink too much water too fast, then even something that helps us to be healthy and sustain life can become toxic, right? Or poisonous. So what I want to help you do in this episode is recognize that I don't think that, I think it's a pretty rare instance when you have to like cut somebody out of your life. Like I will never talk to them again. It happens. And in that case, it's usually not because somebody is stress inducing. It's because somebody's dangerous and you've done everything you can to set healthy boundaries, to protect yourself, to communicate, to separate yourself. And this person's just, they're dangerous for you. And they're dangerous for themselves. And you really need to cut that relationship and maybe move away and into the witness protection program. But for most of us, we need to just chill out and not make this such a big deal and just recognize that it's probably something in us and accept reality that maybe if this is a friend, maybe we can handle them in small dosages, but we have to, we have to establish what it is we can tolerate and at what level or at what dosage, it becomes unhealthy. You can change yourself, but you really can't change another person. And friendships are supposed to be an equal partnership, but kind of like a marriage, they rarely are. Like a good friendship, there's times where you're deep down in the valley and I'm up high and you know, trying to keep you motivated. And, and a relationship that can sustain the test of time isn't keeping score. We just know that sometimes I'm going to be there for you and cut you some slack, and sometimes you're going to need to be there for me and cut me some slack, and that's the sign of a great friendship. What you'll find, though, is that many people are, well, kind of immature about the thinking there, and they believe it has to be 50-50, and they're often the people who are keeping score, and quite frankly, it's rarely 50-50. It's usually the other person who's having to give a lot more than the person who's keeping score. With most relationships if it's healthy, you don't keep score. You're just there for each other and you know at some point they're going to be there for you and you're doing the same without expectation of payback. The next type of stress-inducing relationship is that relationship where it's not even expected to be 50/50, it's like 90/10. You definitely feel a sense of responsibility for this person. Now, in that statement right there, what you hopefully have identified is that there's an ownership there for you. So there's a reason why this relationship may have developed this way, but clearly now you are responsible for taking care of their feelings. You have to be there for them no matter what goes wrong. Kind of everything seems like a bigger deal than maybe what it is. They expect you to call them. These individuals tend to have their feelings hurt very easily. They expect you to be there for them. And if on rare occasion, they do actually show some interest in what's going on in your life, it's pretty much just a way to tie in whatever's going on in their life. There always seems to be a black cloud. And it's almost as if you have to continually prove yourself or prove the fact that you're there for them or prove the fact that you love them or that you love them enough. And in these relationships, we'll often tell ourselves things like, well, they're just going through a tough time and I need to be there for them. But yet there's another tough time and another tough time and another tough time and another tough time. And some of their tough times are happening while you're having a tough time, but that doesn't really seem to matter because you've somehow become responsible for their feelings. And in some instances, it actually feels like, gosh, they're testing me to see if in fact I'm going to be there for them. And I can't get a wrong answer and I need to get a good grade on this test. I need to prove to them that I will always be there 110% of the time even though I can't think of the last time I've actually been able to lean on them. The first thing you have to recognize is that you own a big part of this. So there's obviously something you're getting from it, right? Like it makes you feel like the hero. It gives you the upper hand. Look at how much this person really needs you and that makes you feel significant and important at first. But then what happens is that significance and importance kind of starts to wear off yet you've already established the rules and you're playing this game, but now the rewards just aren't that great. And you're starting to feel resentful and tired and put upon and the relationship is starting to induce stress. So is this a toxic person? Heck no, this is probably a good person. This is a relationship that you've helped to lead this way. So what do you do? Trust me, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. These are some of my best practices in working with individuals over the last 20 years to help them improve their relationships and, of course, the practices that I've been able to use in my own life. And I think you've got two choices. The first one I think is the easiest, and that is to just chill out and don't turn this into a monster. And certainly don't place all the blame on them because, yo, you were playing this game too and it was all hunky-dory when at first you felt like the hero. So rather than tossing this person off to the side, why not slowly and gently begin to teach people how to treat you, especially if this is someone you've been in a relationship with for a long time, whether it's a coworker, a sister, your mom, or a best friend, you probably know at this point, you can probably predict what's coming next. So if you can predict that it's about to happen and you're starting to sense that stress level rise, be proactive be proactive and let them know, hey, I've got a crazy stressful week coming up. And I just want you to know how much I appreciate knowing that you're there and that you'll understand that I might not be as available as usual, but I love you and look forward to seeing you soon. Like you're, you're, you're letting them know, and maybe this is the first time you've ever done that to say to them like, hey, I'm kind of not available this week. And so they might test the waters and they might text you and they might reach out and they might stop by and they might go to all of their old behaviors, well, because that's what's natural. And so when there's a new pattern developing, it can make people feel unsettled. If this is a friendship or a relationship that you want to maintain, let them know that you love them, make them feel appreciated and important, but also let them know you've got your own things going on and you're not always available at the snap of a finger. Now, don't say that. But make sure that your actions are giving them that gentle message. They'll take the hint, and especially when you can make this a habit. So the first time you say it, you might be really uncomfortable having that honest conversation or even just sending them a text to let them know that, you know, I kind of need to focus on me this week. I'm going through some tough stuff, or I just finished a big conference, or this really big project, or my son's graduating from high school, or as you know, I just had a baby. So it just... Handle it in such a way where it doesn't have to be such a big issue, but for once, maybe you're standing up and speaking up for yourself and explaining very politely without being aggressive what it is you need and let them read between the lines. You don't have to be that blunt at first. These are called first steps, right? You don't have to go from 100 to zero in your first conversation. Just be gentle and subtle about this and gradually teach people how to treat you. Some other subtle techniques are to maybe not return text messages as quickly as you do. Don't respond to emergency phone calls. Don't step up to solve every single problem. Now, again, if you're going to be subtle about this, it needs to be gradual. And you also have to expect that at some point, if you're very obvious about this and they get really uncomfortable with it, you've got to decide what is the relationship worth to you? How much stress is involved? What can you tolerate? How much interaction, how much of this relationship can still be maintained and still be healthy? And be very clear in your own mind if you are ready for the worst case scenario. What could that possibly be? Well, that you are actually in a relationship with someone who's completely unreasonable, illogical, which I just don't think you've got those kind of friends, but maybe you do, in which case you need to look in the mirror and ask yourself, why you let it get to this stage? But if you do, you've got to just figure out like what are you willing to accept? What are you willing to tolerate? And if the worst case scenario should happen and they say, I'm going to break up with you or I'm never going to talk to you again or I'm going to fire you, are you willing to accept those consequences? Are you strong enough? And have you decided for yourself how healthy or unhealthy this relationship really is for you? Like how much stress is this person really inducing and how much are you allowing or inviting the stress into your life? There's really only two other types of people who induce stress in your life. And the next is a person who's just not getting the hint. And nine times out of 10, this is either someone who you are married to or it's a relative. So it's not uncommon to feel like you have less choice and that there's more of a feeling of entrapment. In these instances, I think it's still really important to start with my first techniques, which is to be subtle, to slowly change the rules, to not get super angry and passive aggressive and suddenly pull the rug out from underneath them when everything's been going so great like this all along. And why have you suddenly started acting this way? I still think it's best to start that way. But if you don't get anywhere, and if they tend to ramp up the actions and behaviors and the way that they are that induces stress and it starts to just get worse and worse and worse, and you're just getting more and more unhealthy from it, well, then it's time for a sit-down. And when you have that sit-down, you need to know what your boundaries are and you have to be very clear and very direct about them. But I do not recommend you have this conversation until you've really done your part to do everything you can to slowly, gently, and kindly change the relationship. After which point, I think you've got to sit down and be very, very direct and say, if this relationship is to continue, here's how it needs to proceed in order for me to stay engaged. And if we can't adhere to these boundaries, well, then here's how I will move forward. And you've got to really make it about you, okay? Because if you make it about them, trust me, you might as well go scream at a brick wall. Nothing will be heard there will be no change. They won't be like, wow, you're so right. I've been terrible. It will be all about you, right? They'll just point a finger at you if you're pointing a finger at them. So the only person you can point a finger at in this very direct conversation is yourself. And that's where you can be direct. It makes me feel as though I am responsible for you. And this is my own issue, but it makes me feel burdened and it makes me feel um, as though I'm responsible for your happiness, or it makes me feel as though I can't perform to your expectations, or that I'm letting you down, or that I'll never do right. And therefore, it makes me feel bad about myself. But you don't say, you make me feel bad about myself, or you put the burden of your happiness on me. It needs to be all about you. And then you have a therefore statement. Here's how I would like for our relationship to change. Mom, when you call me and you tell me about so-and-so doing such-and-such, I need for you to know that I'm going to change the subject. And if you continue, what I'll need to do is then politely tell you, I love you, but I can't talk right now. Or let's assume it's your best friend and you could tell her. When you criticize my parenting, it makes me feel like I'm a bad person or that you don't recognize how much I love my children. And because of that, it really causes stress and unhappiness in my life. And because I need to be a great parent and I need to feel good about myself and because I am working on myself, what I need to do is when you make those comments, I'm gonna let you know. And if you continue, well, then what I'll have to do is take a break or not see you in circumstances where we're both with our children because it makes me feel this way. And you just very clearly define how the relationship will change, or perhaps how you will respond to the behavior that incites the stress in you. Now, the last and final type of individual is that just, I mean, there's no other way to describe them. They're just kind of crazy and they're mean and they're evil and they think they're doing right. And they've got this big, crazy idea of how they're going to bring you down. And you can feel it and you can sense it. And you would love to call them toxic, except you're not going to do that. And you would love to call them evil, except that's not your position to judge. So here's the deal. Here's what you need to know about these types of individuals. They love engaging you. And you will never change their minds. And they will always think they're right. And they will always think they're doing right. So to try to engage them, to try to change their minds, to let them incite anger and resentment and stress in your life, It's just you being the foolish one, right? Like you're so much smarter than them. You already know that. So why are you letting them suck the life out of you? You're giving them permission to do that. You will never, ever, ever, never, never, never change their minds. They will never come around to see things your way. And they will certainly never do it with you standing in their face, wagging your finger or or writing your dissertation on how their point is wrong and yours is the only way. So ignore them or kill them with kindness, but don't argue and never try to be right. Just be done with them. It's such an awesome feeling. One of my favorite bloggers, and he's been a guest on the show, is James Altucher. He wrote an awesome blog on this. In fact, I'll put a link to it in my show. It was entitled, How to Deal with Crappy People. And he's got this awesome quote in it that says, When you get in the mud with a pig, you get dirty and the pig gets happy. It's so true. So I've got to read you just a little snippet from it. It's such an awesome blog. He says, and sometimes in my weakest moment, I think to myself, what if I could run into them again? How badly would I hurt and destroy them? Maybe I could just casually walk up to them and smash a glass over their head so that their nose would be broken and glass would be on the floor and blood everywhere. And then their arm would be broken and I would hold their elbow and I would stomp on it. Stop, he says. Similarly, I was talking to someone the other day who could not stop talking about someone who had wronged her 14 years ago. Stop. You're an idiot. It's boring already. It was your fault anyways. This is the worst category of people. And as James suggests, there's only one way to deal with these kind of people in a way that will actually make you happier instead of sadder. There's only one way. And it always works. And that is to completely ignore them ignore them. Don't think about them. Don't talk to them. Don't respond to them. Don't write them. Don't disagree with them. And most importantly, don't give them advice. They will never ever listen to your advice. It's arrogant and it's pointless to think that these people will ever see things your way. It's just, it's crazy. And it's a waste of your beautiful life. It's a waste of your beautiful energy. So the next time they call for your opinion or the next time you just feel, oh, I'm going to write them a 30-page email and then they will finally read the facts on the paper and they will come to their senses and they will say, you were always right. Yo, that ain't never going to happen even in fantasy land with unicorns and cotton candy as clouds. That just is never going to happen. So why would you waste all that time writing a 30-page email when you could write a 30-page ebook and build your customer list? Right. Like, there's so many better things to do. How many times I've done this before where I'll, someone will write something really stupid on my Facebook wall or just ironic or mean or rude or idiotic. And I'll spend like an hour composing the perfect reply to them. That's just going to like, it's going to change their lives. Right. Like, they're going to change their opinion. And then what do I do? I delete it because I know it won't and it will just incite more anger and evilness to come my way. So. So I think James is right. I think we have to ignore him. And I too can tell you that when I've done that, when I've just like, let it go, it's such a peaceful feeling to know like, hey, I'm not going to win this battle unless I pull out of this battle. I have to stop engaging. I'm not sure where this quote came from, but I love it. You can't beat crazy. And so you're crazy to try to beat crazy. Instead, I just, in my mind, I'm like, God bless you. Go forth in light and love and don't bug me. And if you do call me for my advice, I'm going to be like super polite. And if I run into you, I'm also going to be like super polite and super nice. But I'm not going to try to change you. I'm not going to try to argue with you. I'm not going to give you real estate in my brain at 3 a.m. I'm done with it. God bless. Goodbye. Good luck. All right. So who are you going to say that to? Because right now, I want you to just let go of it. It's a situation you're not gonna win. You'll never ever change their opinion. So the best way to handle this is to politely and kindly send them on their way with light and love. I don't even know what that means. Kind of makes me sound like a hippie, right? Or a yogi. But I mean it, like I really do. I do pray for my enemies. I I do, I, I pray for the prosperity of my enemies. Because maybe if they're making some money, they'll come to their senses or they'll be able to buy some logic and reason. But I'm not going to try to change their minds or their opinions or their beliefs or their behaviors or anything else for that matter with the investment of my time and energy. And here's my big toothy smile. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I don't even know what I was thinking. I'm sure you've totally got this figured out. So yeah, great to see you. Not, I have stopped giving you permission to induce stress in my life. All right. So let them go. Let them be. Lifers, you are just amazing. Before I forget, I need to tell you that you are the bomb.com. And then I also wanted to let you know, give you kind of an update that I have been working around the clock to learn absolutely everything you must know about how to protect yourself online. It's kind of crazy. And as I've said, and I don't mean this to like instill fear in you, but I've just learned so much that I, I, I don't even know how to describe how vulnerable all of us are at the moment. And it's all like new stuff. It's all new ways that they can get access to like basically everything we have. And it's the reason why you're hearing this like every single night on the news. It's not that thing when you buy a white car and then suddenly all you see is white cars. It's not in your imagination. It's legit becoming an epidemic. It's crazy. So I wanted to give you a heads up and let you know that Darren has agreed to do a webinar, kind of a tutorial to walk people through some of those trickier pieces of using password managers and and kind of understanding like the essentials of what you must do and how you get your family on board and how you can actually make this convenient and yet still super duper safe. So I don't have anything for you yet. I just wanted to give you a heads up and let you know it's in the works. And as soon as I can get that scheduled with Darren, we will let you know um, when that free training will be. In the meantime, however, if you'd like to attend one of my free seminars, one of my free webinars all you have to do is sign up by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash webinar. Super cool. Love to have you grab a seat. Love to interact with you and share some of these tips and tricks and kind of shortcuts to be able to create more confidence and reduce self-doubt. Y'all are the best. I love you. Don't forget to tweet me. Don't forget to stop by and say hello on Facebook and Instagram, which yes, I have my Instagram back. What? What? Yep. You can go to Instagram.com forward slash Chalene Johnson. Love ya. I mean it. Talk to you soon.